Hello and welcome to the Split Row Podcast. I'm Steve Bagdigan. Joining me as always, he's getting his Razzie predictions in. It's Gabe Acevedo. And the nomination goes to us because we're the best. Well, isn't it for the worst of everything? Oh, Razzies. I mean, but we are we could be the best of the worst. Did you see did you see the controversy with the Razzies this year? I, it's yeah, I, it's I it's not the first time they nominate children. It's still it's still not in good taste. It's really not good. Yeah. If, I, I if do you don't know, know, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Razzies are the, the nominations for the worst movies of the year. And they nominated for worst actress, uh, uh, actress who's uh, her name is Ryan Kiera Armstrong. She was in a movie called Firestarter. Never seen it. Which don't is care. awful. So it's a really bad movie. Apparently. She's not the best in it, and they nominated her for worst actress, but she's 12 years old. So that's kind of like that's kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one thing to nominate, like, you know, Sandra Bullock when you know when she won hers, it yeah. actually went and accepted. Halle Berry. It too. Halle Berry also went for Catwoman, yeah. Yeah. But did she did she go and accept it? Oh yeah, Halle, Halle Berry's one of the yeah. few people that went yeah, and got so it. They, yeah. I think along with Tom Green. That's some good company to be in. Tom Green, Halle Berry, Sandra Bullock, you know, it's right. good good trio of people. Yeah, but like, there's one thing when you nominate them, but like when you nominate a 12 year old, like that's just me. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's just fair. Coming. That's fair. Like, keep it because the rest are supposed to be ridiculous and fun. Just keep it to yeah. the adults who can make fun of it, and not a child who's like going to be tra- now has to go to therapy because she sucks at her craft and she's only 12 years old. I think she'll be fine. She's coming. She's got another movie coming out next year, and she's she's been in a bunch of stuff already, so she's pretty successful. So I don't think she's going to be that worried. <laughs> <laughs> fun times. But talk about controversies. The Oscars nominations also came out. Oh, yeah. Oscar nominations came out this week. I watched a little bit of that live. That was an interesting show. I woke up at 530 and they were at 630 oh. my time. So I, spent, I was awake for an hour doing nothing. So, we're, so, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about some of the Oscar nominations and like what kind of that means. Some of the surprises, some people who got in were like, what? How did they get in? Or uh, who didn't get in? Uh, and really, only for me, there's only real one shocker. In my mind, like one huge shocker, which I'm really appalled by, but we'll get there. And then the after that whole conversation, we're going to have a little conversation about The Last of Us, the show on HBO that has just been churning out their new Sunday blockbuster. And I think it's been really good so far. What do you think? Oh, it's fantastic. As a fan of the game, it's like so good. So we'll get ready to talk about that after. But let's start with the Oscars. So, yeah, we it's, this is one of our favorite things to talk about. We love talking about the movies. We love talking about the Oscars. What I do appreciate about this Oscars and this Oscar nomination period is we have movies that are nominated for Best Picture that, guess what? People have seen. Finally, it only took a decade to get back to that. Yes, let's go. I mean, like, if you look at this, there are at least, what, one, two, three, four movies that have made at least $100 million in the box office. Yep. You know, that's Avatar The Way of Water, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Top Gun Maverick. Two of them made over a billion dollars. One yeah. of them made over two billion dollars. One so of them like, just became the fifth highest grossing movie ever today, oh, like the, an hour ago. Oh, that's a terrible one. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> Excuse it shouldn't me. Be, it, should, it shouldn't be on this list, but that's a different story. But like what I like about this list, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll let's start with there. Let's, let's start with the best picture, right? So like what's interesting about this list for best picture, the, nom- the nominations are what All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar, Top Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. What I like about this list is the fact that you have huge box office movies, like those four that we mentioned earlier, Avatar, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Top Gun Maverick. But then you also have those movies that are like some international ones, like All Quiet on the Western Front and Triangle of Sadness. Yep. And then you do have those real like Oscar Oscar movies. Yeah, the Oscar movies that everybody's like, oh, I've never heard of them before, but people are starting to watch them and like they're they're yeah. available. Like the Banshees of Inishir, and a lot of people have started to watch this. And people, oh yeah, it's about going up like, in the rankings in HBO. Yep, people have talked about that. Some people have seen the Fablemans, and you know, I think more will in the future. I think too, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a pleasant movie. Tar is coming to streaming this weekend. It's going on yeah. Peacock starting on Friday, so you know that's going to be available, and people are going to see that. Maybe people will talk about women talking eventually if they ever release it because they release it to like 10 theaters in the entire country i was lucky enough to see it in one of them but sure but i do like that there's this big variety of films that like yes. you know we finally have movies that people have seen yes. and the movies that people have seen have a shot you know that's uh, pretty great. yes it's not a checkmark nomination for like let's put in a populist movie in there right i think this is 
this is probably one of my favorite lists in Best Picture in years, honestly. Um, that's not to say that I've not haven't loved other movies, but as a whole, I'm like, this is what I think the Oscar should be—a mix of the populist films um, that are that show that you know we can actually do good populist movies, and then you have your Oscar movies, and I think that's was the intention of expanding. Um, what, 13 years ago when they expanded the, the list to 10 um, and it never really paid off the way they thought because it just went into like the, the obscure indies and oscar movies. So I would love to see more of this. I hope this is not just a one-off. I hope we get more of this um, and we get those popular 100 million, 500 million, $1 billion movies that show that we can also be, you know, cinema and we get the indie Oscar films. So I'm really, really happy about this list. Actually, what are you, one of my favorites in years? Is there anything on this list that like surprised you or, you know, anything that like is off the list that you, you wish was there? I mean, I surprise, surprise. No, I say everything. I think everything that's in here was in the bubble. You know, everything. If we go by numbers, it was like in the we had like your top seven. We had the top seven. And then yeah. then you had like six or seven movies fighting for the other three spots. Um, I got eight out of ten in my nominations. I was going for Whale and Babylon, um, because I thought Babylon was going to be held by crafts. I would have liked to see the Whale just because it's one of my favorites of the year, in here. But I did like Triangle of Sadness, which is really really good. Um, and I saw Women Talking a couple of weeks ago, and it it's a very strong movie, and I and I can't be mad that they're there. So I'm really happy with with them. Um, yeah. So I'm not not mad of it. And for the first time ever. Since I've been following the Oscars, I have seen all of the 10 picture nominees before the nominations came out. So I'm like, yes, I did finally. Because there's always one or two movies that are really obscure that or that haven't been released anywhere. So yeah. I've only got five of them so far. I've watched the beginning of Elvis. So that's five and a half, I'd say. So <laughs> got, oh I've well, got Elvis five, is seven hours long. So <laughs> well, I'll probably end up watching uh tar this weekend because it's coming out and then all quiet on the western front maybe this weekend as well looks yeah. really good i mean especially after getting so many nominations i mean how oh, many yeah. did it get nine it got, nine, it got nine nominations yeah i'm so i'm definitely gonna check that one out i've read the and book, it's on netflix but... for our listeners yeah. um if you want to check out a very good war film um it's on oh, netflix yeah. so it's accessible for everybody yeah what i also appreciate is this is the first movie the everything everywhere all at once is here and like we've been We've been excited about this for a long time, oh. but one of the things I was looking at with with this, which I found interesting, is James Hong is in this movie. He plays the grandfather. Yeah. Uh, James Hong has been in 451 movies and television shows throughout oh, his time. Wow. He's, I think he's one of the most credited actors in history. <laughs> this wow. is the first one. This is, I think, the first one nominated for Best Picture. So good for him. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Just, just a little happy for him. Uh, and like, you know what? That movie's got a chance. That movie's like up there in the rankings. I think yeah, yeah. when you look at power rankings of, of these, what what are the top three right now? Is it, it's Banshees, Everything Everywhere, and uh, what's the other one? The Fablemans is like third, like a soft three. Yeah, because it's falling. It, it could be. We're like, if, I think, like a, I think honestly, like a Tar is moving up a little bit. But. I would say, I would say, everything Banshees, Tar, and Fablemans would be my fourth. Yeah. Um, but honestly, right now, if we're going to pick, I'm I'm just going to say, if, if we are in a boxing match between two movies, I think it's everything in Banshees right now. Yeah. Fighting for best picture. It's all going to come down to over the next month, what the narrative yes, is. Because it's, right, it all depends this, on narrative and campaigning. I mean, this time last year, no one had Coda winning. Oh, not a single no, person had all. Coda. Yeah. And then like something happened and like the momentum sag sag happened. The the momentum started and everything started rolling and it it comes into it. And like that, there could very well be one of those stories that's happening here. Absolutely. One of them we might want to craft our on our own. I have another movie that I think should just come up there and win best picture. And it would be amazing and incredible. You know, I think this is the time when we start talking about Top Gun Maverick winning Best Picture. I it's a Top Gun for me is top five. I'm going to be remember when the I want it so bad. Do you know why I want that to win? I just want to see Tom Cruise, who I don't think is going to be at the Academy Awards. I want to no, I I think he won't be there. But Holy when they win, Oscar. he's going to show up. He's going to come down from the ceiling like Mission Impossible on the wires and land there. Or he's going to fly a Harrier jet into the auditorium. Maybe he's the entire ceremony f- just hovering above the state, the 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 mall. Because yeah. <laughs> remember, they're in a mall. Yeah. And as soon as they announce, he just drops and just makes it in. And then, yeah, I just want that so badly. Because t- 
Tom Cruise is a producer on this. He he will have an Academy Award. Yep. And I want it so badly. That'd be cool. Um, so, no, so I think badly. I honestly I wouldn't. I I people might laugh at it. Um, it got a screenplay nomination, which was a huge shocker for everybody, including myself. I actually think Top Gun is not out of this race. Like, I'm not. I don't think it's top three, but I wouldn't be surprised if by some not miracle because it's in contention but something happens and ends up ends up winning i feel like it needs to get a campaign going because it's it's stalled out um but they can just really you know they can they can prime the jets and prime the pumps well, all and get, of these them, get movies, it fired again you know i think if coming, they get it going yeah all 10 are coming back to the theaters mm-hmm. um everything everywhere releases this weekend i actually just bought today a um there's i have amc and a theater chain called harkins near me and harkins i bought a pack um today for 40 bucks and they have all 10 picture nominees for oh, 10 that's days awesome. and for 40 bucks you go and see them whenever you want within those 10 days so i want to rewatch all 10 oh the that's awesome be- yeah the week before the oscars i think with that uh, i fun. think what that would do if, if they did that if every voter had to go back to the theaters and watch a movie and watch all the movies they might get that tingly feeling they get when after watching Top Gun Maverick in theaters Absolutely. And, and and be like, okay, that's going up there. And it may not be number one, but it could be number two on their list, number oh, three absolutely. on their list, which in ranked voting, which is what we talked about last year, they could it could come up there. That's, yeah, that's just no, what I, I want. Agree. I think, I think, I want. And that's the good thing about the the you know the this the big blockbusters that made it in. Yeah. I think you know something like Top Gun, something like Everything, Avatar, obviously, um, are movies that play better in a theater. Yeah, because they're you know they're they're like an experience or a bombastic experience. Um, so I'm glad that they're coming back. Um, and you know all of these movies, you know we've been talking about like how Tar made no money, Fableman's made no money, Women Talking was never released until now and stuff like that. But they always get the Oscar bump. Um, yeah. So that's really you know good, and now people are gonna like you know a couple million dollars extra in their pockets. Good for these movies. Good. I hope I hope people see them. I mean, it's really exciting. How overall, how did you do with your rank with your uh, predictions? Um, with all of the categories, you, you, I got seventy four percent. Yeah, as a critic, you know you're in the what the Puerto Rican Critics, Critics Association. Association. Yeah. So you you wrote an article about this and you gave all your predictions. So you got seventy four percent. That's pretty good, I think. Yeah, I got seventy four percent. I'm really happy. Really, yeah, really that's... happy. The best I've done in predictions in a while, actually. And there could because of like some of the weird category stuff that's gone on in different categories, especially like the the acting categories and writing categories were were kind of interesting. I mean. When it comes down to directors, there were two international directors who got in, which was a little bit of a surprise, I would say. Not that there was one, but there were two because they, they've had this trend recently of having one international director come in, yeah. but not two, which was pretty shocking. Um, and then I think one of the categories, we could talk about a few of the categories in, in some detail, but one that really stands out as the shocking in terms of acting is not best actor because that was that was pretty... Paul Mescal got in, which was a pretty big shock. Yeah. Surprise, which was like nice. It was, it, it was, was, he was there in the conversation. But it's, it's a nice surprise. You, ha- but you the had thing just for, said four. And then the, the, the thing for spot. best actress is Mess. a really weird one. Mess. So the, the one that stands out, I mean, we got Kate Blanchett, Ana de Armas, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yeoh. Four of those were like, oh, yeah, we've heard of these people. We know what's happening. We, it's going to happen. Out of the arm, it's a little bit of surprise, but people really appreciate her performance, not yeah. the movie in general. They, they hate the movie. Love her. The one that stands out, though, is Andrea Riseborough. If you have not followed this story, it is a amazing story that's been happening over the last week. It's literally yep. been like a week and a half. Yep. Uh, she's in a movie called To Leslie, a movie that made, I think, was $20,000 $20, at the box office, like, yeah, Maybe I think they it was like one 20, showing. I think it's like twenty five thousand. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they had like one showing of it that made money. I don't know. It's weird. But what ended up happening is apparently, like, who is Ed Norton? Like, tweeted about this, and then right. yeah, and then Kate Winslet, and then Amy Adams, and like Kate a couple, Blanchett. and like celebrities all of a sudden started tweeting about this movie, and they're like, "Oh my god, Andrea Riseborough is amazing." The same tweet, by the way, it was a copy paste message. Yeah, and they they figured out the game because these people, you know, you're talking about Ed Norton, you're talking about Kate Winslet, you're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow, you're talking about Amy um, Adams, Amy Adams. All these people, these four people have something in common. They're all Oscar nominated. Some of them have won Oscars. 
Right? I was going to say they're also white. <laughs> they're all that. That is that also that is a very good point too. That's oh. something to take into account here. Um, but what they all are is they're all Oscar voters, mm-hmm. and they figured out the camp. They figured out the game. They're like, wait, we get to pick who we want. So there's like this thing that went around, and I guess like in like secret meetings, and Gwyneth Paltrow's hosting like showings of this I film mean, or yeah. whatever, viewing parties, and everybody started voting for her. And no one has seen this movie. This movie has had zero advertising. There's no campaign whatsoever. They don't have. They don't. They, the movie didn't have money for campaigning. The movie didn't have anything like the studio. Like it was just a movie. Is this what existed. we're going to for the future? Where like they're oh, just going to nominate their friends? Uh it's it's it it. I hope not. I I don't know. Listen, it's not. If you follow the Oscars, you know I follow the Oscars. I love the Oscars. That it's it's my Super Bowl. Steve knows this very well. Um, you know, this is what happens, right? It's campaigning. This is what studios do and whatever. But something that the Academy has frowned upon probably forever, and there have been nominations that have been rescinded because of this, is that members shouldn't actively campaign for people outside of a studio screening, right? It's not the same like a studio holds a screening or a Q&A and stuff like that, but it is very discouraging. And the Academy discourages a lot for like what would happen with this. Like, oh, tweet about this. Let's get this going. Let's do private screenings, whatever. It happened. It is what it is. Um, I think this is, I think her getting in because of that literally like five day Twitter campaign um, and it worked out. I think there's going to be a lot of people trying it for the next few years and see if it ha- if it's successful or not. Um, I hope it's not the way we go, but they figured out because I, it was very literally one of the tweets. It was like two tweets that were copy pasted. One of them said, we only need 218 people to put her number one. That's all you yeah. need to get nominated for an acting category. You need 218 number one votes and you get in to the category. Um, it's guaranteed. Yeah. Space. It's guaranteed that you're getting in 218. If you look at it in the big spectrum, that's nothing. Literally you name them like Kate Winslet can call 200 of her friends and like, Hey, put this person in number one and we're done. Right. Um, I think the bigger issue that people are having with it. And my issue is that her performance, I saw the movie. Um, I actually rented it the night of the two nights ago when the nominations came out um, on Apple TV and watched the movie. She is fine. It's your typical indie disappearing movie that nobody ever watches. I think she's fine. The problem is that she is not better for me than people like Viola Davis and Daniel Detweiler who are getting in everywhere. And obviously a bigger issue here is the issue of the system and how it's it treats its black actors. Um, you know, the grassroots campaign has been knocked. That happened to Andrea has been talked about being very white. Um, the fact that you have two black actresses who got in pretty much everywhere. Viola got, really did get everywhere for the, for the woman King um, missing over a white grassroots campaign is the big issue. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's the conversation in the last 48 hours with her getting in. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird, it's also just, you know, beyond the fact that it is, you know, at the expense of other actors who, you know, are certainly deserving of their performance, you know, it is uh, who knows who and that sort of like privilege of being in the inner circle there is certainly a bigger, a bigger problem there that, you know, could be addressed in the future. But, you know, I don't want it to take away from some of the other nominees too. I mean, Kate Blanchett is ready. She's ready to take the Oscar home. Uh, uh, I hope she doesn't, gonna, but I think she's taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I'd love Michelle Yeoh to to put up a fight with there. Yeah, I'll uh, be Michelle, for Yo. Michelle Williams in lead. It's a little bit hard, but you know, she's there. Do, do you do you think she's supporting? She might be. Yeah, I think she's supporting. So I, she's I, not in the last ten minutes of the movie. The I, last 10, I, so the, the, the somebody on Twitter, there's an account that I follow that I should send it to you so you can follow it. Them well, I'm, I mean, I know you're not a lot in social media, but they this account um, does the screen time for actors in movies. Um, and the Fablemans came out a couple of days ago and she's in the movie 33 percent. You know, if, if we go by time, yeah. that's obviously very little. Um, I don't mind her in lead because I, think I don't mind it too the, much, but. The stories yeah. of Sammy is so attached to the relationship yeah. with his mother. I don't mind it so much, but I think she's she has absolutely no chance of winning. Oh, absolutely no, not, not at all. I think if no. she would have gone to supporting, she might have won. She might have had a better chance in supporting, yes. yeah. 
but she wants I mean, to the supporting, I don't think she's winning. The supporting character. Sorry, sorry, before that. Do you think we agree it's, it's between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett? Oh, 100%. That's the fight, right? 100%. Yeah, that's definitely. Watch Andrea Riseborough do the same thing. For oh, God. That'd be <laughs> pathetic. That'd be pathetic. I think. That would be so bad. I think Kate Blanchett would just like murder her. It would be great. <laughs> After uh, campaigning for her, Kate Blanchett was one of the people that retweeted the tweet oh, God, to get her in. That. No. Jesus Christ. But I, I do want to shift gears to the supporting. I think the supporting is kind of interesting. We got, you know, would, would we have a record for four, four move, two movies having four acting nominations? We have. Yes. Two two acting nominations in supporting for Banshees of Inisherin in supporting actor and two for supporting in supporting actress, I think is great too. But what yes. I want to shout out besides, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Shu being in for everything everywhere. The one that's really fun is Angela Bassett getting in for Black Panther Wakanda forever, mainly because this is the first time an actor from an MCU film has gotten in for acting. And I think that's fantastic. You know, and I think she's 100% deserving. We've, oh, absolutely. we've talked about this. We we were hopeful. We were a little bit hesitantly hopeful. We were definitely hopeful that she was going to get it. And she's she's fantastic. She's actually right, kind of on track to win it, right? She's the front runner. And I think I think she's going to win. I really do think she's going to win. I think I think her speech at the Golden Globes was like, this is kind of who we want on stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I, we want. I think so. I think I uh, all the chips fell in the right order for her to win. I think there's a lot of people who love all of these performances. You have movies that are strong, but I think Angela Bassett has obviously the veteran narrative. Angela Bassett has worked literally with everybody. <laughs> she yeah. does TV. She's work, also great. She I, she's I'd have great to say she's in the great. movie. Yeah, she's great in the movie. Black Panther overperformed, got five nominations. Nobody was expecting it. People were like saying maybe two or three. So people still like Black Panther. And I also think that there is still this narrative of like oh darn remember when we didn't give chatwick his oscar two years ago and that huge upset i think there's this like if we reward her which she is deserving because she has a great performance it's also like you know black panther overcame this they gave this so i think every there's a little bit of everything to her so i think she does pull it out in the end but i am really happy that stephanie sue Got in for everything, everywhere. You know, I love that movie. You know, I love that performance. She's the unknown. I thought people were going to forget about her and we're going to put only Jamie Lee Curtis. So I'm really happy with that category. All of those five actresses, amazing performances in each other movies. I think that's, I think it's really great. And I think like, that's the thing that I don't want to stress that other narrative around Angela Bassett, like being the makeup Oscar or, you know, a legacy Oscar or anything like that, because I, I don't ever like those narratives. I hate them. I think she's a hundred percent deserving of this. I think her performance is great. And I think that she's deserving to be in this category. I mean, it, like, cause like they could say the same thing about Jamie Lee Curtis who's had a very long and a successful oh, yeah, career. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And this is her first nomination for an Oscar. So like, you know, that's, that's really big too. I mean, I, you know, there, there's all those narratives surrounding some of these things, and I think it's really great. But like, the performance is what should speak to it for me. Now, granted, that's not how voters always vote, obviously. Yeah. But I, you know, I really do appreciate that. You know, this, it's this a, great... it's a great category. And if people, I, if you haven't seen Black Panther, Banshees, Everything Everywhere, and The Whale, go watch them because it's one of those few rare occasions that I guarantee that all five of these women are amazing in their movies. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. really, really good. So the performances are there for all five. They really are fantastic in, in their respective films. I was happy about actor and supporting role as well with uh, Brian Tyree Henry, which was, I think was the surprise getting in here for yes, Causeway. I mean, so people were really moved in. by his performance, but you know, he was a surprise. I mean, I, Brian Tyree Henry is a very good actor. I think he's a really fun comedic actor, especially. So it was like something that people were a little bit surprised by. And he's really good in that movie. Oh, apparently I, great. I didn't, I didn't check that one out yet, but he's, he's, he was in, which is a nice surprise. So that and Judd Hirsch too, for the, the five minutes that he's in the fable for the one scene that's in, that he's in the fable. He's, he's electric in that scene. He's very good. Oh, but... he's fantastic in that scene. I mean, we all know none of them are going to win because no. it's going to be Keith Kwan. Yeah, this is the Oscar that's engraved. Like, just send the Oscar to him. But no, because I want him to give another speech. Yeah, you want to give every him, time yeah. he talks, I just cry. He's so good. 
And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, there's uh the Daniels released a still, and I think they're about to release the picture. They all woke up early to watch the nominations on Zoom together. Um, and Kiki Kwan's Zoom was delayed by like 60 seconds. So when he got nominated, everybody celebrated and his face like, why is everybody screaming? That's <laughs> he was funny. Delayed, and the still is like so funny because his face is like, what? It's so funny. That's really also funny. I just bought a pet rock from A24. You... I bought oh, the God. pet rock. For $35, I literally did just see, bought a rock with googly eyes from A24 from the Everything Everywhere All at Once campaign. Did you did you see the uh, the the tweet that they put out, that Daniels put out after it was nominated? Um, it was just maybe. the rocks, and it was just the rocks with the text. Oh, really with good. the text? Absolutely. Yeah. That One of the great. best scenes of the year. That movie's great. I thought that movie was very... That scene, it's funny, that scene was very affecting, I thought. I thought that, that was the best silent scene I've ever seen. It's so Like, it was good. silent. It was, it was really good. It's so um, good. Let's move on to some other categories really quickly before we, we move on to everything, because I don't want to linger on this too much, because like, you know, some people can linger on this too much. Are there any other acting awards that you were like surprised or like people who got snubbed or who got in that you were surprised by? Um, not, not really. I think everything, you know, went pretty according to plan, because the people that got in that I haven't predicted were like, you know, that sixth seventh eighth yeah. spot so there, there wasn't apart from andrea riceberg which we already talked about there's nothing any any big surprises in acting because uh, brian tenry henry was like in that fifth to tenth spot um so was judd hirsch paul mescal got in i love that movie it's a really I love depressing that. movie so i'm happy that he got in he was in the i bubble. love that in best actor all five of the nominees for best actor are first time nominees first time I think in that's 89 pretty great. years that, that happens that's pretty great that's pretty great so good for them yeah congratulations to all of them <laughs> first time in 89 years because you always had somebody who was previously nominated um i do want to move on to some of the other categories which is are kind of interesting like the original screenplay and adapted screenplay original screenplay kind of exactly how you expected it you know yeah. some really good nominees there but adapted screenplay there were a couple of surprises to me you know glass onion coming in that's that that was a little bit surprising uh, but the most surprising one for me was Top Gun Maverick. This was one that was like, wait, Let's the go. writing on Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> Let's like, go. That got in? It was just really weird. It uh, was really weird to me. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I didn't have it predicted. I should have because it got a scripter nomination and then it got a Writer's Guild nomination. So I'm like, I'm dumb. I should have put it in. Uh, no, but that was fine. the, that was the surprise. I actually think the script is really good. I think it's a very simple script, but I think it's really effective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Top Gun got in for scripts. Um, which is just them. funny. I think what happened is someone messed up on typing up these lists because the <laughs> thing that was really weird to me. So this is my this is my one snub and one anger thing that's going to come out for the entire nominees. I couldn't care so about bad. any I other don't know one. What it is? It's so bad. So what happened is just before they announced this one, in which he gets nominated, they get nominated for best script, which I was like, wow, that's really surprising. I thought they made a mistake when they were reading this off because cinematography was announced before this. Now Top Gun Maverick has the best cinematography of any movie that I've seen in a very long time. Though the fact they had to invent cameras in order to shoot the things they shot and the way that it looks is incredible. It is one of the most exhilarating, exhilarating visual experiences I've ever seen. It wasn't even nominated for best cinematography. Every expert had it. Number one, this is going to win, not even nominated. What the hell happened? It's been winning. It hasn't lost an award yet. What the hell happened? And it's probably going to win the Cinematographer's Guild. And it misses the nomination. That was a part. That and Andrea Riseborough were the shocks of the morning. That Top Gun I... was not even nominated in, in cinematography. It is ridiculous. This is where Tom Cruise is going to come in. In in a, in a Harrier jet. Just fly straight in. Land on the stage. And just pick up that award and be like cinematography this and then flies out. It, it it's it's and and not only that it didn't it it didn't get in, once you'll take a look at the five movies that got in, I think it's one of the weakest categories of this year. Ugh. Because I think the movies that were left off were or had the best cinematography. I think something like the Batman, Top Gun. I know you're not a fan of Avatar, but I think those three movies are have more amazing cinematography than some of the movies that got it. So I was very, very surprised that the Batman, Avatar, and Top Gun didn't make it in. 
very surprised that that happened, especially Top Gun. I was shocked because I really thought that if there was a category that I was going in thinking was a lock for the night to win, it was Top Gun in cinematography. Like I thought that was the Oscar Top Gun was going to win. Now I'm not sure if, if, if Top Gun is going to win anything else they're in the competition but it's oh, they're winning best picture that's what it is they're going <laughs> in for it. best picture <laughs> there's gonna be a search for best picture that's it they're just gonna Absolutely. go for best picture Give people are gonna it. be so go. mad Let's they're gonna go. go in there they're gonna get that Let's yeah, that's go. What how happy were you to see john williams get his like what 84th nomination or something how like that he's also became the oldest person ever nominated i did see that 93 he's in, 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 he's in his 90s sure yeah, but he's the oldest person for a competitive Oscar. Yeah, for a competitive Oscar, the oldest person to ever be nominated. Uh, I, I, good for him. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised. I had him in. I'm happy because it's John Williams. Yeah, he, yeah. I had. I I'm had, just happy for him. I just want to just. We don't have to get into it. I was just yeah. like, I was just say he's gonna be nominated 53 times for the Academy yeah. Award. I'm just and happy he'll for probably him. get nominated next year as well for Indiana Jones. So mm, sure, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, so I mean, it's John Williams. He's the Diane Warren of scores. It's just a name check. He's he also does make some really pretty great scores. Well, of course, but you know the the brilliant scores and his name check. That's a combination for always yep. getting in. Yeah, but it was good and you know holds the record. Oldest person ever nominated for a competitive Oscar. Good for him. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think it's it's really good. Um, is there anything else that stands out that you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, I just a quick shout out. I'm happy that my little baby Marcel got into animated feature because I love Marcel yep. Michelle. What a movie! I know it's. Doesn't have I a think that list. Win. I think that list is pretty good because I mean, well, because I actually really like. Good. I like Pinocchio. You know, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, and then uh, it's got also what Turning Red is in there, which I, I loved. Turning Red. Yep. And then you haven't um, seen Marcel yet. I haven't seen Marcel. The show. I hope with, you, I hope you like. I hope it. it's online some some um before and you can watch it. It's it's. I hope you like it. If you do watch it, I hope you like it. I haven't seen Puss in Boots: The Last it's Wish. It's so good. <laughs> I, have I wouldn't heard, be. I have heard it's wins. really good. I have it, heard it's really good. Fantastic. Yeah, and then the Sea Beast as well on Netflix. I went five I, for five because I love the Sea Beast, and I'm like, yes, let's go. Sea Beast it, is also a very good movie. I'm I'm glad that they're that those are doing well. Uh. Now I do want to give you credit where credit's due. So we did our Oscar draft a number of months ago. You, you guys, you guys, maybe our listeners remember that. Um, my, the five movies I had were The Fablemans, which got five. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do total nominations. I got The Fablemans, which had seven nominations. The Banshees of Inisherin, which had nine nominations. Women Talking, which had two. The Woman King with zero nominations. Another which shocker, I am disrespectful, appalled by. And then The Whale, which got three. Um. You you beat me. So I had, I had 21 total nominations. You had 33 because you got everything everywhere all at once with 11. Top Gun Maverick with six. Tar with six. Babylon with two. And the surprise one for me was Elvis with eight. So you, you did beat me there. Now, we, we do also break them down on uh, other a ton of other things. So, mm-hmm. you know, what we tied on the important awards, 15 for 15. But you you beat me on total nominations. So. I'll give you that. I'll give you credit where credit's due. Well, I remember when we did this, I'm like, it's the year. I'm surprised that I, oh, because Avatar hadn't come out yet. So that's why I didn't, but I'm like, it's the return of the blockbuster. Well, the, like, the other, that's the why other I thought is, Elvis was going to be big in the Academy. Well, the other thing is we also usually try to compete with movie. Like we want to do the awards that are the top ones, the top awards, yeah. not the, not all not the, the technical not awards or yeah, not the yeah. below the line awards. Like we don't do, I don't care about who wins sound. I don't care. Uh, it'll probably be Top Gun Maverick, but I don't care. You they know? better give so, it. Now they didn't give a nomination for cinematography. Jesus. Watch Elvis win because it's a musical. Oh, forget that. <laughs> or All Quiet because it's a war movie. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen All Quiet yet, but I'll I'll, I'll check back in with that after this weekend. So <laughs> maybe we'll, Fair. maybe I'll be like, oh my God, All Quiet's winning everything. I mean, it got in everywhere. It got a ton of stuff. It got every. I wouldn't be surprised if All Quiet is like the Matt Max and just sweeps the text. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. But my narrative, I'm telling you, my narrative is that Top Gun Mavericks going, going all the way. What's the narrative for you? What what do we what do we see going out of this? Everything everywhere right now. Everything everywhere. I think I think I think they're winning SAG. And once you see that amazing cast, it's gonna be Coda. Once you see the cast of Everything Everywhere win SAG and be so diverse, be so heartwarming, Kihi Kwan crying it's going to be hard not to vote for that movie a la Coda because once Coda won SAG and you saw all these people out there 
you were like, oh, yeah, I cannot vote for this. So right now, everything everywhere, I think it's going to take the big one. Well, what's funny is the uh, the winning, getting that many nominations, not necessarily a good yeah, sign. Yeah, not necessarily. At no, all. It hasn't happened. In a, it hasn't happened to Shape of Water, actually. Yeah, and which is ugh, whatever. Oh, shit. You haven't even seen it. Yeah, I don't want to see a fish fucking movie. Okay, like that's so bad. I don't need it. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> All right. Ugh. Anyway. So good. It is so good. No, it's not. You know what the problem is that I know that if you ever see it, you would actually enjoy it, even though you hate him. You would actually enjoy the movie. That's why, I'm like, please watch it. I'm already bad. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Fun times. We'll we'll talk more about Oscars throughout the rest of the season. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere. We still have a month and a half to go. So, yes. Our listeners are already tired of us talking about it. So, (laughs) don't worry. We'll get plenty more, including our predictions in in the months to come. So, uh, but let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. We got a great show coming out that just started on HBO. It's their their new Sunday night best, right? Their their new Sunday night feature, which is always a marquee thing. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? The Sunday night. HBO show. That's where Game of Thrones goes. That's where Succession goes. That's where all their big shows go. Yeah. And uh, the newest one is The Last of Us, a zombie post-apocalyptic television series based on a video game, a very popular video game, The Last of Us. What is what's your relationship with the video game? I played the first one um, in 2013 when it came out. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I haven't played the second one because I'm not I only now do like Nintendo, so I don't play as much anymore unless it's like Mario Pokemon. Um, But I did sit on YouTube and watch like a seven hour run through of the second game (laughs) when it came out. But I love the first one, which is what this season is. This show, this first season is. Um, Yeah, I think it's one of the best games ever made, actually. Um, And it's fantastic. So I'm really happy that it got made. And I am finally able to say that Hollywood got a video game adaptation right. I never thought that would happen. I mean, you didn't like Halo? That movie's terrible. Anyway, moving on. Uh, no, I, I didn't I didn't play this game. I never played this game. Uh, it never really, because I don't have a PlayStation, so mm-hmm. I never played it. So I, because I, I only have Xbox and a Switch and a computer. So I have a lot, but I don't have a, I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> and it's only on PlayStation. So I've never played it before. And I don't plan on never playing it because I'm never buying a PlayStation because I don't have that kind of money. So I've never played it. Or that time to wait on the wait list to get it. Oh yeah, I don't need I don't need it. And I don't need it. I don't really care. Um it's also not my type of game. I'm not a big zombie scary uh, game type thing. I'm not a fan of that type of game. I've been actually playing like a lot of like really corny games right now, like really simple games or 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 like you say, the Nintendo games. You know, I'm excited that GoldenEye is coming out. GoldenEye is coming to Switch Online. Some of our listeners will get it tomorrow, like today, because that's we coming out tomorrow. Yeah, so GoldenEye's coming to Switch Online. You are you ready to play that? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, That's what I'm playing. I'll, this I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up tomorrow after we watch you people. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it. That's what I'm it's play gonna this be, weekend. Oh, oh, definitely for sure. We're definitely playing. Um, no, I've never played. I've never played The Last of Us. I never. I mean, I've heard it's great. I mean, I've I've gotten it's gotten great reviews. I mean, it's the one of the greatest reviewed games in terms of its writing. Its writing is extremely impressive. It's, it's the thing that people people usually go with. Um, and and it's it's just something that's really interesting and. You could kind of see the writing of you could see the video game aspect of it within the series itself, but I don't think that detracts from it. But I think it's really something that it's a cool it's cool that they're adapting it and they're also pushing it at such a high level as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad it's on HBO and I'm glad that it they're making it a prime thing on HBO. It's not yeah. just like an HBO Monday night release, which is where they put stuff like uh, His Dark Materials, which is something that I really enjoyed, but. It's not their marquee thing. Prime, yeah, and it's not an HBO Max original. No, it's HBO. Like. So they're they're putting all their weight behind it because Craig Mazin is doing it. And he's yeah, a, I was gonna say it's Craig Mazin, phenomenal from Chernobyl. Yeah, he's phenomenal, and I think it's something that that's really great. Um, so did before we get into like the show itself, did we need a new zombie show? I I'm always down. I think I think I'm fine with it now because we're not in the zombie craze as we were like seven years ago even though the walking dead is still around um it's not like the walking remember, dead has just been lingering on for so long it finally ends and then by the end of the year we're gonna get spinoffs i'm over it uh, as somebody who was a huge fan of the show no stop yeah um 
but I don't mind it because I think the the heart of like the craze of zombie shows ended like seven years ago. It was the same thing with vampires. Remember, like from two thousand seven to like twenty thirteen, it was all vampire shows. Um, so I don't mind it. And what I do like about this show that I hope they keep doing is that the game per se is really not about the zombies. It just is in a world of the zombies. Um, in difference to Walking Dead, which has a lot to do with the zombies. So, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Zombies are like vampires. They're always going to be IPs about zombies. So, it is what it is. I do like that it's a slightly different type of zombie, though. Like, because it's spread by a fungus, you yeah. know, which is really fascinating. And then all of a sudden got everybody Googling, like, is this really possible? And guess what? It is kind of possible. People, all the, a all real the videos fungus, of yeah. the ants and bugs being, like, manipulated by the fungus. Oh, that's a real thing. I've seen it, yeah. on, I've seen it on planet Earth. It's yep. on planet Earth. Nat Geo, crazy. baby. That's what happens when you watch documentaries in Nat Geo. Oh, it's 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 definitely real. Uh, does it affect humans? No, but like this apparently does. And it's like it's pretty terrifying. I'd Evolution. Say. It's, a, it's a new it's a new type of thing. It was a little bit weird them talking about pandemics, you know, in, in, in that idea, in that respect a little bit. It was weird. It was weird to watch a show where they're like, oh, why? This is what... what happened in the last few years? It's just it's strange to see that <laughs> happening. But, you know. Uh, whatever what are your what were your impressions of the first two episodes i love them i love them my my gut thing to start off is like i hope every episode has a cold opening because yeah like the cold, cold openings cold were openings great in both episodes are phenomenal phenomenal um i yeah. didn't think they were gonna i well first of all i didn't think they were gonna do cold openings in the first weapon in, in the second episode as well let alone think that for me it was even going to be better than the first one and the first one is outstanding i love the cold opening the second episode with the second episode it's really good where they yeah when they go in jakarta and like god she's so she's so cold with everything and like it's so bomb. nuts when she says bomb and i'm like what yeah when they're like what do we do and she's like yeah bomb the city you're like oh my god yeah and apparently it's what they did like you know you yeah. kind of get that like you know we don't see it yet but like we might see it at some point but like yeah that's apparently what they did like that's crazy yep it's crazy yeah. because it's like you know i love it because and i also love because those scenes are not in the game you know that's how you expand yeah. an ip which is really cool yeah and um, i like that they have the they have the writer of the video game is was one of the writers of the show one of the writers so. yeah uh, he's so one of the chief really writers cool. so that's great because he's able to approve it and like be like yeah let's expand Absolutely. in this spot and, and there are yeah. a couple things they change for the for the series uh on tv because you need to make it more cinematic. I mean, that's what oh, Craig absolutely. Mason is. Craig Mason's a brilliant uh, filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, we saw this with Chernobyl. So it's great to see that he is able to to adapt this, but yeah. it is great to see those parts. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it's great. Um, I I thought the first episode you have you have that cold opening, and then you have the true episode, but I also called it the second cold opening, which is the for 20 minutes. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I think everything, like you said, you can see. What I love is that you also have what I'm calling the video game aesthetic, because mm -hmm. although it's a live action, there are many shots that are overly wide, overly colorful, and you can tell they're very video game-ish, I think, to a plus of the show. Um so for video game fans, it keeps you very happy. I think the casting is outstanding. I'm ex I mean Pascal is great. Bella Ramsey, Game of Thrones alums. Let's go. Um, so I'm very, very happy. I think both episodes have been great. And I'm really excited for the third episode because two of my favorite characters from the games are coming in. Um, but yeah, first two episodes, great. Great start to to a great show, actually. Yeah, I really like I like the pacing of it. I think it's really fascinating. You know, the, the first episode has a prelude uh, of what's been happening at the start of all of this. And I don't think they waste time in that either. They set up some characters. And they don't waste time. You know, they could have they could have spent an entire episode in that prelude, but like in the prelude. But I, I think it would just it would be so boring after a while. And then they like at the end. So like at the end of the episode, they tease like what happens. That, but I'm glad they didn't. They spent like maybe 15, 20 minutes there. You get uh, a great, a great young performance again, you know, because mm -hmm. they're just killing it with the young actors in this in this series, um, which is really fascinating. Did you did you know who the, the actress was going into that? I, I didn't I did. know going in. I did. I, I did. I didn't know going in. Uh, yeah. it's, it's Nico Parker, who who is the actress going in, who plays uh, Pedro Pascal's daughter in the beginning. And I didn't know who she was until uh, about a couple minutes in when I think Kayla was uh, Googling it. And I'm like, oh, my God, like that's um, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Maeve. 
it's hey. it's Tandy Newton's daughter, right? And then I couldn't stop seeing Tan like little Tandy Newton because she looks so so much, much like, like her, her mother. It's so insane. much like her. Uh, and also a great actress too. She's, oh, she's really pretty, good. She nailed. Good she nailed it. I thought she was great as that character. So yeah. good. And so then I loved. Good. I love the setup of the world and they, they dive you right into the world. You get to see all the stuff and the aesthetic is amazing. And, and you know, the storytelling is really fascinating. You get some really complex characters, mm. some really cold moments as well. Like, you know, the burning of the bodies and stuff like that. And it's just a really cool setup for, for everything. And then I, I just think they, they're doing a terrific job. I mean, it's, it's something that you could see they're putting the effort in, they're putting in mm -hmm. the time they're putting in the, um, the, the, uh, the, the chance to look at everything, like the design of everything, people are people are getting a little bit overly critical about some of the aesthetics, like saying, like, "Oh, that jacket! I don't know if that jacket came out in two thousand three." Because, like, it, that's yeah. a, there's this there's actually a really fun debate going on on Twitter where it's like, there everybody's talking about what what was the thing that's missing now, like because the world ended in two thousand three. Yeah, what do we not have right now? You know, like. I saw on I saw on Reddit someone was talking about like well everybody in this world has not seen Return of the King you know yeah. like that movie was supposed to come out in, a, in like a month or two yeah but nobody saw because this happened in September of two thousand three so like this is a question for you what in the last twenty years is the thing that we're all missing because of because of this what's the one thing of the last twenty years that we're missing wow. now. Oh wow. Uh Adele. <laughs> I was Adele. I was gonna freaking say Adele. I was gonna really? say Adele. I swear to God, Adele. <laughs> I swear to God. That is hilarious. I was like, yeah, Adele never happens because of this. And you, you said that wow. so great. <laughs> wow. Well that let's cut it right here. We can't get any better than oh, this. We're done. <laughs> that's so good. Wow. That's yeah, so good. Adele never happens because of the fun guy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. That's that's. <laughs> I, that's I hate us. <laughs> that's great. Fun time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, Adele never happens. So like, that's the sad world to live in—a world without Adele. It's even sadder than the song she writes. That's how sad it is. I know. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. We never get any baby Yoda. You know, that's pretty sad. That's a, Kayla would be really sad about that. I guess we're left with like that the terrible movie. Oh my god, Kayla and I, we only saw Sorcerer's Stone. We didn't see any that's other. Harry that's all Potter it ends movie. up. Yep. What? A, well, you don't even get the end of the books. We don't get the end of the books. That's right. You never know what happens. Whoa. <laughs> so rude. The so story rude. is incomplete. So those are some of the fun. Those were like some of the fun things. I mean, do, could I still. Like I guess I could still just wear studded belts. Are those still in? Uh, absolutely, they will always be. I have one actually. So oh. sure. Cool. Come on, cool. hot topic. Let's go. Let's do this. I did Fantastic. see people that were overcritical. There's a scene in the first episode, which is actually one of the best scenes. The scene that she's looking through the DVDs and the old lady happen. The thing with the yeah. old lady happens in the back. People were like freeze framing, and apparently somebody found one movie that was made after 2003 in like that pack of DVDs, and they were like, "Oh, they screwed up." And blah, blah. I'm like, "This movie sucks." Yeah, it's, like, it's come on, people, don't be so stupid. They're trying so hard, so hard. I, I'm, I love it. I think it's a really good show. I like the pacing. I think the second episode is great. Like, there's a lot of emotional drama that's through it. Yes, you could see some of the video game mechanics within it, where like it's like mm. we got to go through this building. You know, because like we that's gotta what go up to come down and yeah. do this. It's, no, we it's gotta go that, through the water in the hotel lobby. Yeah, it's kind of that type of thing, but like it it works. Oh, because yeah. video because video games have become so cinematic nowadays that it totally works. You know, like it, it's gonna just translate really well to a movie in a, or a television show. I think it'll be really good. That's where I'd love to see, you know. I'm telling you, Red Dead Redemption is coming soon. That's good. That's going to be tapped into because that's I was going to say, story. I was going to, I'm going to surprise you with that question. If you had the power to get one I think video it's game done, I'm telling you, Western, what video game would you be, would be done? The Western genre is on a comeback. And I think that Red Dead Redemption is going to be coming to a streaming service near you in the future. I really think it will be. I really think it is. Would you put it in HBO? Because if it's a Western, I would do oh, HBO. I put, I'd put everything on HBO. Okay, I don't want to put it on it. The worst you, place to put it is Netflix Prime. Netflix doing that? Yikes. No, no. The worst would be Prime. Oh. 
Prime would be atrocious. Why? Prime hasn't screwed up anything lately. So, oh my God. Prime is like the worst. I hate Prime. Prime You're Paramount talking like Plus Prime has screwed up two IPs in the last they, year. What did they talk about? They just said, I just saw something about, um, they're doing apparently a remake of A Fistful of Dollars, you know, the classic Clint Eastwood film. They're doing a and remake of that? Really? They're doing a remake. You know who the writer is? The writer of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, is apparently writing a remake of an absolute bona fide classic Western. I am appalled. The level of disrespect that happens here. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want that on Prime. I would. I just want an HBO. Just give it on HBO. They know what they're doing. Yeah. That's the thing. That's that's my. That, we, this show's going to be great going forward. We're really excited about it. You know, are, are you excited? Oh, I'm super excited. So yeah. I I do want to I do want to ask the why why is it that HBO is just so much better than everyone else? <laughs> I mean, I mean, have- it's so it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because like. I'm not trying to be like also like hyperbolic or anything like that. I just think that HBO has proven quality. And, you know, there was this moment when people were like, oh, I don't know, HBO's slipping. But like they they just keep being consistently amazing. What is it about them that makes them better? I, 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 <clears throat> I really think it's just time. I think they just take the time and they get people. They give the people that they get to make these shows the time to understand what they're doing which is different from other I, other streaming networks. I think other streaming services, <laughs> they're like, let's rush this through. Um, let's get this done. Let's get the views. And HBO takes their time with their people. Because um, you can argue that, you know, all Netflix also gets talented people, right? All these streaming services get talented people. But these people understand what they're doing. And I think that makes a huge difference when you're making such a an interesting adaptation of something that could be very complicated um i also i mean i agree with you i think one of the other things that happens with with some of the creators when it comes to hbo i mean now the thing is like there are really great creators on netflix you're right netflix has a lot of really good ones um i'm not seeing many on other services you know i think prime has they take a lot of risks and miss a lot (laughs) um (laughs) I would say they miss a lot. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, they'll miss a lot. I mean, I think the rings of power is a complete and utter miss. We've talked about this many times. It's not the only thing though. They try to do wheel of time. Apparently that was a miss. They they have like other things that are just like not really successful on their platform. But HBO has been consistent with it. They have the prestige that goes along with it. And people know that it's a trusted brand. The other thing I think that's great is HBO lets their, they let their creators cook. They know what they have yep. and they allow their creators to actually make the product that they want. They'll get, you said that you said it right. They give them the time, they give them the space, they give them the backing and know that if it's not successful right away, they'll still let them cook and, and perform there and give them a shot. You know, something that's they'll, they'll maybe it'll be a smaller thing, but like they'll still let them continue to work for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took it took four seasons to realize Westworld isn't that great of a show anymore. Um, but he still got four seasons, you know, it should have, it should have been a, a limited series with that first season. Yeah, it would have been, that would have been a great limited series. I mean, yeah, that would have been, that would have been a good, although episode. I do like the second season quite there a are lot. Parts of the second. Yeah. There are part of the second that are great where they expand the world a little bit, but like, yeah, but three and four, you never, you haven't seen four yet, right? No. Yikes. Well, it, they canceled it. So that tells you everything. I can't, you need to and know. I can't see it. I can't see it because they took it off of HBO max. It's oh, called. that's right. They also took it out it, of HBO, oh, which is a problem in itself. It. Yeah, yeah, I can't see it. So, yeah. so they canceled it and took it out of HBO Max. Yeah, um, I mean, they canceled it after season four. That tells you everything you need to know. But they do allow creators to actually create things. They don't they don't rely on the numbers, yeah. you know, where Netflix is so user driven and content driven and all of this stuff. Like if it's not one of the biggest move shows that they've ever had, you're then out. They, then they cancel it. I mean, that's what happened to 19, 1899, which was a show that people really liked, but it didn't get the traction that, you know, a squid game got. So as a result, they had, they canceled it. Yep. And like every, they're hoping everything is getting squid game or Wednesday numbers. And that's, and they're that, just that's not. not it. That's no. not it. That's why you cancel shows. Like for me, who I'm a fan of shows like Sabrina show, like sense eight um, show, like, um, Santa Clarita Diet, which are great, great shows and deserve so much better, but they didn't get Stranger Things numbers. They didn't get um, Orange is a New Black numbers. And they're like, well, they're out. And come on. And HBO, like you said, HBO takes that because HBO, you know, so shows like Veep, 
who I'm a huge fan. Hardly anybody ever saw Veep, right? That's not a commercial show, but they got seven seasons of Veep. They got to tell their story because, you know, they were winning Emmys and whatever, but people were like, okay, here, keep doing Veep. And that's the good thing about HBO, that HBO can navigate the big IPs that will give them views, something like the Game of Thrones world. Um, now Last of Us, which became, I think, the second most um, I think it was third premiere, the third largest premiere, third largest premiere ever um, for them. Um, and then you have your shows like, you know, um, Sex of College Girls, which is fantastic, but it's very niche. Right. Um, you have your Veeps, which are very niche, but they're fantastic. So, yeah, the, the, the Netflix, especially Netflix, which is the one that cancels everything constantly. Um, they should get out of their heads this idea. Like if it's not Stranger Things or Squid Game, you're out. That doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And you're going to piss off a lot of fans. What I think is interesting, too, is um, apparently they, they released the numbers on The Last of Us. The Last of Us got 5.7 million viewers on its premiere. All right, 5.7 million. That came out the night, I think, after Night Court premiered. Do you know Night Court, what that is? Have you heard of this? No. Exactly. That's the problem. Night Court is a show that's on, I believe, NBC. Or CBS, one of those, one of those network television shows. Okay. It's a remake. It's a reboot of an old series, right? Called Night Court, and that got ten million views for the first episode. Yet, <laughs> so HBO's getting less than half of that, or not less than half, just slightly more than half of that, and it's you know the product is is way higher than the output of this, but like they're still getting these these numbers, which are huge for them. I mean, it's huge for a service like this and it, it's just, it's great. And like they're, they're committing to it and they know like the thing I really appreciate too, is they're, they're allowing creators. They're not pushing them around. They're not telling them to make extra seasons that, you know, they don't want to make except for, no. I guess, you know, game of Thrones went on too long, but that's a different story. Really? Well, well, the reverse actually HBO told them, please keep doing them and take your time rather than rushing a finale. <laughs> that's yeah. a that, that That's a different podcast conversation someday that I would love to have. But on, but what I really appreciate about The Last of Us is the fact that Craig Mazin, who is the creator of this, he's a, he's the person behind Chernobyl, which is a show that I think is absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen Chernobyl, check it out. It, it, it's, it's a, it's, it is beautiful. It's utterly fantastic. It's a limited series, so it's only five episodes. It's great. He came out and he said, this is two seasons. The Last of Us is two seasons long, and that's it. Yeah. We're done. We're not doing spinoffs. We're not going to drag it out for an extra four seasons. And you can see that they are moving at a pace. The first season is going to be game one. Second season is going to be game two. And that's it. That's it. And you know what? I'm fine with that. It'll good live for on them. the platform and it'll be really good. I think the it's same thing quality. that happened in with Andor at Disney Plus. They're like, no, yep. let's do any. They're like, no, we're doing two seasons and that's it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll take it. And I think that's, that's kind of important. I mean, you know, the idea of, Guaranteeing the two seasons. I mean, apparently 1899, which I, I have not seen it. Um, I don't it's plan really, on watching it, it either. It's good. Way. It's really good. Um, they left it on a cliffhanger and then canceled it. Like so, but that's the problem of also trying to make everything brand new series to be huge. It's not always going to be successful. So you kind of have to wrap things up, but also be there. I don't know. It's weird. HBO just has such a good platform, and I think everything about it is amazing. I'm a huge advocate of it. We both are. We've talked about getting HBO for Yeah, hours, so. it sucks that, that Discovery is handling it the way they're handling it. And by that, I mean, you know, taking shows off. Um, you know, this because Discovery right now, Warner Brothers Discovery is like in this weird flux. Weird flux so we'll yeah. see what happens within the next year or two years. But again, you and I, like you said, you were saying, um, HBO is probably our favorite. It, it definitely still, has yeah, the best catalog. Why out there yeah. for sure so it's definitely my favorite and it's definitely the best catalog in my in my mind i mean it gives It'll us be light a... lotus what else can i say <laughs> <laughs> it gives I us mean, light lotus i can't say anything else it'll be around for a while there's no doubt about that i mean i think the new app is going to come out probably halfway through this year the new uh merged discovery hbo map app yeah whatever that's going to be i don't know what it's going to be called just probably max i don't know we'll i don't know We'll see, but uh, I'm excited for all of it. I, you know, I'm here for it. We love the last, the last of us. This season's gonna be really good. It's not as scary as I thought it would be. The zombies look awesome, by the way. We didn't uh, even talk but, about that. Oh, they look and, and, sick. yeah, and wait till you see. There's another level of zombies that's in one of the trailers. Even they should look even better. No, they're crazy. It's crazy. What about what did you think about um 
<laughs> the kiss going around the world. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Episode. <laughs> Not a fan. So good. I'm like, Not yes, come on, make out session. Let's go. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. I'm like, oh, the tentacles. Yeah, it was a it's a great start. Great two episodes. Um jumping into um next week, apparently the third episode is like what um people are saying it's the episode of the season like that will be like the episode of the season so apparently it's for a lot of people one of the best episodes or could become one of the best episodes of television we'll see when that drops on sunday but i wouldn't doubt it from hbo yeah we would i mean they're 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 guaranteed quality so we'll check that out this next week uh maybe we'll talk about it maybe we won't we'll talk we'll figure out some other stuff to talk about some cool movies coming out this weekend so We'll probably get into all that stuff. So uh, listen for us next week on that and uh, we'll catch you then.